On this month's show, we're talking about our recent moto camping adventures, new stolen bike numbers, and the Goldwing Road Rider Association closes up shop. It's all coming up on this month's episode of the Sound Rider Show. Support for the Sound Rider Show is provided in part by Rock Straps. Tired of bungee cords that fray and break? You need to up your game with the number one tie down among riders. Rock straps make it easy to get the right fit, no matter how large or small the load you're securing. Order a pair today from the Soundrider store at store.soundrider.com. Hello, this is Greg Anderson, Cycle Barn Smoky Point. Welcome to the Soundrider Show. And now live from the Crow's Nest Studio in beautiful downtown Broadview, Washington, join us for the latest episode of the Soundrider Show. A candid hour featuring the people, places, and things that make up the fabric of one of the top motorcycle riding destinations in the world. And now, here are your hosts, Tom Marin and whoever else happens to drop by today. Welcome, one and all, to the Sound Rider Motorcycle Show. And uh, I am Tom Marin, the publisher of Sound Rider. I'm here with Jennifer Poole. Hey, riders. And we are going to talk about September. We're going to talk about local stuff. We're going to talk about calendar dates. We're going to talk about the most expensive camping trip ever. <laughs> and uh, rather than have a general discussion, I want to pop right into news bites. Yeah, let's do it. So um, this is kind of old news been around for a while but we didn't ever report it so we'll report it now just in case you need to know better uh, late than never power sports northwest down in centralia has is under new ownership however dave the original owner is still working at the shop cool so and i think you know he he's due to retire probably at some point here so i'm glad to see he sold it and Cool. Do you know about uh, any changes they're planning on making? I don't. I think there's some information on their website about the new owners. Great. So you can meet them there. Check it out. Go down and visit and say hello. Uh, Optimum Motorsports, who opened up in Kirkland a few years ago after the demise of Moto International. Yeah. They sell Moto Guzzi and Aprilia. They have moved to oh. a new location in Bellevue. Bellevue, okay. Uh, let's see. Okay, the uh, Revival Motor Coffee Company that's down in Olympia, their place burned up, uh, I think it was in the winter. Uh-oh. And so uh, they have opened up a new location. Now, prior, the prior location had a big shop in the back. This one, not so much. So it's mostly just coffee and bench racing and... Probably some snacks and sure, and that's uh, still in Olympia, right? Downtown yeah. Olympia. Yep. yep. Cool. You look it up online and get the address there. Mm -hmm. Sure. Great. Uh, the Arma flat track race that occurred this month that was uh, like a like a like a like a Arma, you know, national competition. Uh, it sold out. Oh, they had four thousand people down there. Oh. Good for them. And so, yeah, so that's real good. That's great. Yeah, and, and I know all the riders and people that participate in those events are always happy to get cheered on by a big crowd. So it means a lot to them to have people showing up to those events. 
Yeah, and I guess that the people who do the One Motorcycle Show did a lot of promotion behind this one. Cool. Yeah, that's great. And that's they've really, really cool. been trying to get the the profile up on that track, which it, it, now it escapes me where it is. I know where it is. I can't remember the name of the city. <laughs> <laughs> it's down there by the Kelso area. I don't know. They have all kinds of events there. And I'm just blanking because I'm old. <laughs> That's all right. I'll drive people to the website to look those things up. <laughs> so let's talk about this. Washington State came in fifth for the most motorcycle thefts in 2021. Yes. Yeah. You know, um, as you might guess, the number one state, of course, everybody could probably guess would be California. And they rolled in with uh, 9,345 stolen bikes in 2021. And so when you think about in Washington state, we had 1,947. Um, doesn't seem so bad. I mean, it's terrible, but California's, you well, know, po- higher um, population in California. Yep. Higher, more bikes. Um so, you know, to think we came in fifth uh, with California being that high, uh, you know, so number two was Texas, then Florida, then New York, and then Washington. And of all of those, um, so in the across the U.S., there were 52,000 stolen bikes in 2021. Wow. And less than half of those have been recovered. Wow. I know. Is that awful or what? Yeah, less than half have been recovered. Hey, everybody, paint your motorcycle that yellow color I use. There you go. Bright so yellow, they can easy identify to spot. It when it gets stolen. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, have you ever left the keys in your ignition and walked away and not realized it because you were fidgeting with a whole bunch of other things? No, I have never done that. You've never done that? <laughs> and you say that's one of the most common ways that people lose their bikes, mm-hmm. right? They didn't necessarily say that was super common. They just recommended that you don't do that. <laughs> so yeah. um, if you don't have a good habit or routine in place that, uh, you know, where you you put your key in a certain same pocket all the time or, uh, you know, that you always make sure that when you get somewhere, you turn the key off and put it somewhere and not start messing around with gloves and helmets and securing things and getting your wallet out or whatever you're doing. And then by the time you realize that you've, you know, walked into a restaurant and go, where's my key? Uh Oh, left it on the bike. Well, you know, when I pull up on my motorcycle and I'm going to turn it off, I don't ever use the kill switch, Mm -hmm. which they, they teach you that you, you have to use it in MSF or in whatever motorcycle training course you're taking. And, uh, the kill switch isn't made to be thrown on and off multiple times all day long. Mm, so, like, if you're on a poker run or something, sure, you know, you, you've already banged that thing like twenty times, right? Right. So, um, I always use my key. That's that's the first thing I use, and then when, oh, if I if if for some reason I put the kicks down before then the kicks down sure. down, then it'll sure. shut off. But I still get grab the key, right. Right. I've seen people who have, you know, the built-in luggage on their bike that's keyed the same as the ignition. Oh, sure. And they take their spare key and they leave it. Ooh. No. No. <laughs> Such a bad idea. Don't do that, people. Don't it's do crazy. that. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, if your motorcycle got stolen because you left the key in the ignition, right? I guess, you know, hey. Right. Wake up, man. Right, right. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> All right, so of, of the 52,000 motorcycles, what were the popular brands, Jen? Yeah, the top brand that was stolen the most was Honda, came in at over 10,000, followed by Yamaha had 8,000, Kawasaki, a little over 6,000. 
thousand, Harley Davidson, little over six thousand, and then Suzuki's came in at five thousand. Now that isn't, you know, that doesn't uh, really kind of take into account new, used, any of that kind of info. But uh, every as far motorcycle as on go, the road is a used yeah. motorcycle. Well, sure, sure, but you know, <laughs> the newer models, the older models, the vintage. Uh, but anyway, Honda came in number one. Wow, and lock your steering one. too while you're at it. Right. Yep, that was another one of the tips, too. Lock your steering, for sure. And I've read... Put cable on the bike. mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, these these tips were in in an article in Adventure Rider, and they didn't include this one, but I've also seen uh, lots of recommendations for uh, putting a cover over your bike um, if you park it somewhere. uh, Just, you know, uh, the less seen and... You know, shiny, shiny, bright, stealable thing. You know, it's it's uh, at least enough of a deterrent that uh, that might help a little bit too. So if you don't have a bike cover, um, you might think about getting one so that when you park it somewhere, uh, that you you cover it up. I I do. I tend to. um, You know, I think a lot of us probably do this, but you you park somewhere where you can kind of keep eyes on it if if that's an option wherever you're going. And I've walked into restaurants and said, "Hey, sit me by the window." (laughs) Yeah, me too. So, oh, that's another Just strategy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, at the peak of my ownership, I had five motorcycles. I ah, had five motorcycles yeah. for about 20 years. Nice. And yeah. uh, they were all parked in the garage, but my garage is in a condo, so it was open. Sure. And uh, I had five motorcycle covers. In fact, I have about yep. three motorcycle covers that are just mm-hmm. kind of doing nothing right now. Yeah, but have um, some all those too. bikes were covered even when they were in the garage because mm-hmm. I didn't want that that candy right. showing to some right. would be thief and right right. So, have you ever used the wheel locks or any of those things? I don't I, use I the wheel have. locks. What I do in the garage is uh, I have cable locks and I oh sure big fat ones. It yep. take you a while to work them off. You could cut mm-hmm. them eventually, but it would take mm-hmm. you a while. Mm-hmm. Um. And I just lock all the bikes together. So when I had five bikes, they were all uh, they were all locked together, which which was a really good idea until the day I decided I was going to go for a ride. <laughs> and there was this little chain of four motorcycles behind me that all hit the ground. <laughs> so uh, there was some rear view mirror repair going on. Oh dear. <laughs> And that little scooter can tug good, though. I'll yeah, tell you that. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Do your own little uh, drag pole race. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, dirt First. Also yeah. known as Dirt Bike Safety Train. Go ahead. Yeah. So Dirt First, uh, some of you may know, they they have they offer classes, uh, one-day classes, uh, level one and level two on uh, dirt bike. Uh, and you can ride either their motorcycles or you could take your own. Um, But what you might not know is that they also offer a a two-day adventure riding uh, course. And so that is one day you, and you bring your own motorcycle, you do one day in, I don't know if they do that with, you could use their bikes too, but no, because it's, yeah, it's the whole purpose is for you to get comfortable with your, your big adventure bike, but you do one day training on your bike in Marysville and then, and then they go out the next day on a a group ride in in Mount Baker. And so they have, so you might not know that they do that as well. So if you're interested in that and you want to spend some time on your, 
your own bike and and getting comfortable with that and then applying those skills right away the next day in a in a ride then they've got a couple courses left for this year they've got september 3rd and 4th and then october 1st and 2nd and um you have to go to their website and go to the calendar and then look up the the two-day adv training camp and tour so that's it ride dbst.com and that's uh, ride dirt bike safety training um so go to their website and check that out if you want to get some time on on your adventure bike and then be able to apply those skills right away it's a really great way to learn and to get comfortable riding off-road um those run at about i think it's 495 dollars for the two-day training mm-hmm. and i looked at their website and i didn't see anything about this being uh the msf adventure bike curriculum so i'm not sure what they're they, they, most people can probably develop a better curriculum than msf anyway so uh. yeah they you know they obviously uh they, they've got all of their curriculum that they've been working on for a long time and and uh developed from from i forget the name of the folks the the shoulders of the giants they're standing upon that they give credit to all the time but um, you know, it's just based around the the uh, skills that that they train in their other classes, but applied to uh, the the bigger adventure bikes. Yeah, and they it's solid. You know, they're they're uh, we we took their class again uh, recently, and uh, I did it probably five years ago. It's been a long time. I was pretty rusty, and uh, it's just so valuable and so helpful in terms of uh, increasing your comfort and safety on the uh, off road riding. Yep. I've done it. I've done, I've, I haven't done it with them, but I've done the class before, mm-hmm. a class. Yeah. That was good. Mm-hmm. Learned some step. stuff. Yep. Learn how to not to fall down when I'm turning my bike <laughs> around on a hill. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk a couple national things here. Gas Gas joins MotoGP in 2023. Yeah. So, yeah, Gas Gas is going to be racing in MotoGP. How cool is that? So, Well, wh- um, where's the Gas Gas MotoGP bike? Have you ever seen one? I Well, I saw pictures that, that went along with the article. Um, so, uh, you know, <laughs> there it's in development, and I, I assume it's ready in testing. Um I didn't dig into the kind of the status, but they'll they'll be ready to to race in 2023. But it's like all I've um, ever seen is their do their uh, uh, the trials bikes, bikes. The trials bikes. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. No, it's it's a it's a legit uh, <laughs> MotoGP race bike. Uh, but it, you know, apparently in the past they've been involved in uh, Moto2 and Moto3, which is a little bit of a different beast than uh, MotoGP. But uh, they're they're partnering with uh, Tech3 Racing and uh, that that company or that group has partnered formally with KTM. So, um, you know, they're all, they all know what they're doing. <laughs> so I got to go to the gas gas website and see what they have for the public. I wonder if they have, you know, oh, commercial yeah, offerings. Know. And I, I've always remembered their bikes. There's like small CC bikes. So this is like a whole new gas gas to me. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, they have gas gas over at, uh, brothers and, um, Bremerton. I didn't look at them too closely, but I might go back and check and check them out. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just the little bikes. Uh, but yeah, they've got uh, Paula Spargaro uh, riding is going to be riding with them in 2023, and I think they're still working on uh, who the second rider is going to be. But uh, that should be uh, really fun to watch and see in 2023. So uh, Harley Davidson was handed a lawsuit by the Federal Trade Commission. 
Yeah, it's it sounds like so there's a an issue around uh, the right to repair and alleged threats to void warranties mm-hmm. uh, based on aftermarket parts that aren't hardly branded or hardly approved. Um, and, and that runs in opposition to uh, anti-competitiveness laws in the state of California and antitrust provisions in Wisconsin. And so um, it sounds like, uh, and again, this was uh, from an article on ADV Rider, but um, Harley Davidson said that, you know, realistically, they wouldn't void a warranty uh, due to an aftermarket part, but they wanted to have an out in case an aftermarket part caused the problem and and that was a reason for a needed repair yeah like Um, if uh if you hook up you know some cheap brand mm -hmm. let's say um phone charger to your Mm -hmm. bike and it blows up the computer chip on the harley sure who's who's got who's going to replace a computer chip i I, i'm kind of in you know in 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 a situation like that i'd say that harley doesn't have to replace it if they can prove that the little cheap phone charger blew right. up the computer the chip. problem yeah it's a big trick it's like how do you have terms of service that um you know provide a warranty without too many restrictions or that limit people's ability to um you know take have repairs done by other shops that aren't hardly shops um so i think they're working through trying to strike a balance there um and and you know, get that language to where it works for everybody, <laughs> which is tricky. That's and tricky I, I remember um, there was people making aftermarket cranks for mm. Kawasaki KLRs. Oh, okay. Huh. And then they would fail because the weight was wrong. It wasn't oh. designed at the same weight, and so yep. it would uh, it would fail. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the thing. I mean, it, you know, it's it's uh, you can get into some real uh, tricky territory with uh, some of those aftermarket parts. Yeah, I remember one time there was a dealer who um, had a bunch of SV one thousands in black, mm-hmm. um, but the hot color that year was the orange one. Uh-huh. <laughs> so they sent the SV one thousands up to the paint shop and had them all painted up orange. And then put them on the showroom floor as new. Sure, sure. And then Suzuki looked at that and said, uh, these bikes are out of warranty. They've been torn down before they were sold. Oh. So there's no warranty that goes with them because, you know, we, 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 did, we did the warranty on the black bike. You got an orange bike here and you sold it orange. So mm. we can't, we can't honor a warranty on it. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, I think it's pretty easy to do something that voids the warranty, and uh, uh, it's, it's kind of hard to hard to work around that sometimes. So we had motocross, we had supercross, and now the yeah. ultimate super motocross. Yeah, that's right. That's going to be fun. So uh, after the supercross and motocross championships end in 2023, they're going to add on. Uh, Super Motocross World Championship, and uh, that's going to combine or take take components of both of those different styles of racing, and throw them all together. And uh, they're going to do that down, and so put it on your calendar now. They're going to hold that championship October fourteenth in Los Angeles, so not too far away. Um, and then the top twenty two riders in in each of those in Supercross and Motocross and in two fifty cc and four hundred fifty cc can compete in. 
uh, playoff rounds and the world championship round. And, and there's 10 million in prize money up for grabs, which is a, a pretty big uh, pile of money. So it should be exciting and interesting to watch and uh, gives all those riders a chance to, um, to earn more prizes. I need more education. What's the difference between supercross and motocross? I thought you just rode a, a motorcycle around in the dirt at a stadium in circles. Ah, uh, that's a good question. What is the difference between supercross and motocross? I don't. I, I'm pretty dialed in on motocross. I don't know what is supercross. <laughs> and then I think, well, I think a supermoto, but I don't think supercross well, is the same super as supermoto. Yeah. But that's different from from right. This. So super. Yeah, I don't know the difference between supercross and motocross. I know what supermoto is. Right, me too. So there you go. Pavement, from pav- dirt pavement, over dirt, pavement, dirt. And then motocross, you're all flying through the air. I don't know. Do they fly around a lot in supercross? I thought they, they did. must. Yeah. <laughs> so what is the difference? I don't know. Uh, we're going to have to go hit our text, our digital textbooks. I know, right? <laughs> what is my voice rewards? Oh, you know what? Actually, so... So, you know, I just did a quick search. Apparently, the major difference between Supercross and Motocross is it says where the race takes place. So uh, inside an arena for Supercross and then Motocross outdoor. Does that make sense? Okay. Uh, Oh, Supercross generally involves shorter racing tracks with 10 laps, while Motocross involves larger uh, racing tracks. <laughs> so there you go. Okay. So I don't know. It'll be interesting when they combine them. I guess are you going to go indoor and outdoor, <laughs> inside an arena and then out into the parking lot? Well, then it sounds like you're into supermoto, <laughs> right? I, <know. laughs> I guess if you fill your parking lot full of dirt, it's uh, it becomes a motocross track instead of a supermoto track. Yeah, and you said they're going to do this in LA, so it'll be like probably at the Coliseum. That's where they mm-hmm. usually do it. So then mm-hmm. they'll they'll be riding uh, out into the parking area or right, across right. to the college or who knows what. That's right. So you have to take the train or a, a bus because the parking lot's going to be full of dirt, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to drive anywhere in LA. Right. Well. That's true. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I only go there once a year now. Yeah, I haven't been down there in quite a, quite a while. Um. Okay, so let's go back to uh, My yeah. Voice Rewards. What yes. is that? Yeah, so so myvoicerewards.com is a it's a panel for completing surveys. It's open to motorcycle enthusiasts 18 years and older and it had a couple other categories in there. I think like snowmobile enthusiasts and um a couple other categories. Um and and the way that it works is you um you set up a, you know, you create a user profile and then uh, it just loads up these whenever you log in. They, there's all these surveys and, and you can choose which ones you want to take. Some of them are two minutes. Some of them are five minutes. And they range on all kinds of topics and opinions and motorsports and, and sometimes some more general topics. Um, but you um, you earn points and you get rewards and the rewards are like gift cards and things. So um, I I. I set up an account. It's affiliated with, I think, Rider Magazine and maybe a couple other industry um, uh, industry people, organizations. Uh-huh. And um, uh, anyway, but you can choose, you know, how much or how little time you spend in there and which surveys you take. They're usually open for a period of time and then another set will kind of cycle through. So you can check back weekly and see what, what's new and, and do the ones that you want. Um have you gotten any gift, gift cards yet? 
I haven't yet. I, I spent, I logged in, set it up. I, I did a, you know, a bunch of surveys and then I haven't jumped back in there. And I, I forget what the thresholds are. You might need, I could probably spend another half hour in there and, or less even, and, and get to um, a point where I could earn a gift card. I I, you know, <laughs> I get enough gift cards, do- I can get a helmet. Yeah, I think that you would have to do a lot of surveys to get to the point where you could get a gift card to uh, get a, a helmet. But uh, anyway, you know, it's, if uh, you want to contribute to to uh, some of that survey data, I will tell you one of the features of the surveys that I really like. I think it, it had a thing about how would you rate the survey and what would you do differently, or it gives you an opportunity. Have you ever taken a survey where you're like, why did it ask that question, or why didn't you ask me this, or yeah. you know? It, it gives you a chance to give some feedback on the surveys too, which um, I appreciated because sometimes the questions are, are, you know, I think, well, why didn't you ask this? <laughs> Here's what I really want to tell you <laughs> now that you're asking. <laughs> I was in a survey with Microsoft one day and they were, we were uh, talking about access in Excel mm-hmm. and they said, what do you want to be able to do in, in access that you can't do now? And I said, I want to copy and paste a grid from oh, Excel sure. into Access. And they said, yeah, okay, we're going on to the next thing now. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> we don't like your input. <laughs> <laughs> that is never going to happen, sir. Goodbye. Uh, okay, so uh, this one was, uh, I guess, kind of a heartbreaker, but it made sense. Uh, GWRRA. Is done after 45 years. Yeah, the Goldwing Roadriders Association is closing up. And uh, I guess they, you know, they had uh, a few different things. Uh, they, you know, their membership was way down. I think at their peak, they had over 82,000 members. And last year had fewer than 10,000. So wow. that's a really, you know, um, and, and really just kind of a sign of, of um, uh, what they say, you know, kind of interest shifting in other directions. And then, of course, the impacts of the last two years, they were like, uh, you know, that's it's we're moving on. And um, I think they had a, a YouTube video of the announcement speech about it, if you want to go check that out. Um, but, yeah, with the and I guess so for the people that already paid their membership dues, uh, they'll get a prorated refund. So if you're in that category, I think you can probably still you can opt that. for a, a, a cash refund or a teddy bear. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's just a sign of the times of uh, of uh, an era that's uh, dwindled. Yeah, well we've we've seen it going on here for years. Um, you know, over where you live, we used to have the uh, governor's run, and mm. that would draw about 2,000 people. And then everybody who was a volunteer decided they just didn't want to do it anymore, and it died. Oh, wow. And, uh, um, it's interesting because, you, you know, one of the things I realize about clubs is that you don't have young people joining clubs. They're all right. in their right. Facebook group or something. So right. uh, clubs are just really becoming a thing of the past as years go on here. Yeah, you know, the year that uh, my husband and I went out to the uh, BMW uh, rally in Republic, and I want to say that was maybe 2018 or probably 2018, I'm guessing, but, um, you know, one of the reasons they started to open that up to all riders is just that, you know, they're the the numbers and attendees were dwindling so much, and they were like, you know, we really want people to come to these events and have a good time, and 
it, you know, we're not going to limit it to BMW riders because we're, we're just not going to have enough people out here. So, right. um, yeah. Yep. All right. Let's, uh, let's take a little break. And then uh, when we come back, we'll get into the calendar. Support for the Soundwriter Show is provided in part by I-90 Motorsports, your Eastside destination for Honda, Yamaha, Triumph, KTM, Suzuki, and Can-Am sales and service. Does your taste for outdoor fun go beyond two wheels? I-90 Motorsports has you covered with a wide range of sleds, watercraft, UTVs, and side-by-sides too. Check them out online today at I-90Motorsports.com. Hey, this is Greg from Olympia, and one of my favorite rides in the Pacific Northwest is the Olympic Loop. It's fantastic. Hi, this is Manny from Manny's Lonchera, located near the awesome Rowena Curves in the beautiful Moisture, Oregon, and you are listening to the Sound Rider Show. the Soundwriter Show. It's Tom Aaron, the publisher, and Jennifer Poole, the writer Yay. at large. Woo woo. <laughs> and we're going to jump into the calendar. Yeah. Quite a bit it's, of stuff going on for September. There is. Man. Yeah, no kidding. I think last year in September, we were probably just like, okay, let's not do the calendar. <laughs> right. No kidding. Oh, man. All right. Well, you have a word to the wise about... Making your reservations for Memorial Day weekend. Yes, yeah. So uh, Washington State Parks tend to book up and uh, nine months ahead of time. So if you're looking to make reservations for a moto camping trip at a Washington State Park over Memorial Weekend, and now's the time to get the, those reservations made. Yeah. And don't forget, there's a lot of other nice parks out there. True. Um and yeah, I personally don't like going out and camping on Memorial Day weekend because everybody I don't else is doing it. So, <laughs> right, same. But hey, if if that's your jam, then get on it. Yeah, and if you're trying to get a space for Labor Day weekend, forget it. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Too late. All right, got some uh, Ducati action coming up here. September starting on September second and going through November seventh. Yeah, Ducati is, uh, I guess they did this last year. They are doing their uh, new product releases online, and they're going to start that on September 2nd, and they'll have seven online episodes that run through November 7th. And you can check those out at Ducati.com or on their YouTube channel. So if you want to see what they're launching and uh, watch online, you can do that. I, I, I'm going to guess that one of the episodes is like their their riding gear. Oh, you know, I don't know. I was thinking it was all bikes. I think they're um, one of the motorcycle magazines did a little bit of a. They had some uh, speculations and some maybe some spy views and some ideas about uh, what what might be coming. And I don't recall seeing anything about gear, but maybe oh, okay. I think it's all bikes. Honestly, okay. mm-hmm. so so you don't have the- to travel. Show me the new color of the scramblers. <laughs> right. I think there is a scrambler on the list. So tune in. You can find out what the new colors are going to be. 
right. And uh, this, I think this is, uh, is this kind of new? Uh, Brothers Power Sports in Bremerton doing Wednesday night rides now? It's it's not new. I forgot to mention it in the past, but um, it, I don't know that they probably haven't done it much for the past couple of years. And maybe they did it last year. But um, I, I've done this before with them where uh, you show up on a Wednesday around 6 or 6.15 p.m. and they'll do a group ride and then they usually end up, um, you know, it's somewhere to catch some dinner or a bite to eat or, and then uh, people head home. Um, and they, you know, all bikes are welcome generally. I think uh, on their Facebook page, sometimes they'll say, oh, it's, you know, cruisers this week or sport bikes. But honestly, I think if you show up, they're not going to turn you away. Um, I showed up one time, uh, oh gosh, it was a few years ago, and uh, there were only two of us, and we were both on FZ1s, and uh, they were like, well, there's not enough people here, we're we're going to cancel, and uh, the other rider and I were like, well, we still want to go ride, so we rode around, uh, had, a, had a great time, we went out to Seabeck and hit some of the back roads uh, around uh, like Elfendal Pass and all that stuff, so we had a, we had a good time anyway, but yeah, yeah show, show up there and uh, you can... Uh, uh, have a fun group ride and meet some folks. So if it's if it's uh, sport bike night and I come in on my scooter, they're going to put me in the back, right? Probably. <laughs> you know, you just have to deal with those uh, expectations. I can watch all the hooligans right. in front of me. Right. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's see. This coming weekend... Uh, September 2nd, there's a holiday weekend on Vancouver Island ride. Yeah, what do you know about that? So this is uh, one of the regulars who posts in our calendar, and she puts together a lot of rides all year long. So I guess everybody's going to – I'm guessing they're going to go on the Black Ball. It would be smarter to go out of the Tawasin Ferry. Mm. But there again, it's a holiday weekend. It's going to be insane. But sure. I know some people sure. can only get away at those times. So That's true. That's true. Uh, and by the way, uh, yeah, I don't have all the details on this in front of me, but yeah. the good news is anybody listening can go to soundwriter.com, click on the calendar link, and they'll get all the details of what we're talking about here. Yeah, check it out. So, uh, yeah, this is put on by Claudette who is a regular contributor to our calendar. Great. Uh, we got some racing coming up the weekend after Labor Day at Pacific Raceways. It's going to be when we're racing. So that won't be so bad traffic-wise, I don't imagine. Right. And that one's out in Kent, right? Yeah. Yep. It's going to be all weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Nice. I don't know what to do Friday. I think Friday is... They probably um, have practice, and they probably run some tractor stuff. Yep, probably. So, uh, September tenth trials competition at Tomahawk Ridge in Snohomish. Ah, cool. And I'm kind of eyeing that as maybe yeah. something I'm going to go to. Yeah. I want to watch. Check my calendar because I love watching the trials. Yeah. Uh, second Saturdays at Wham will be on September. 10th old, old airplanes old cars and old motorcycles down there in the beautiful hood river yep and they still run what 98 or 100 percent of them are running 
And don't worry about if you want if you miss the Isle of Ashon TT because it didn't happen in August. <laughs> it will. It is officially happening on September 11th. Okay. All right. We weren't sure what was going on when we did the show last month. But right. I now, right. no. Got the date. Got the date. One of my one of my moles who gets all the secret mm. dates. Tip mole. So, uh, did you find anything out about? I haven't looked at it uh, in a while. Did they get the Fauntleroy ferry dock all patched up and repaired and fully functioning again? No, they, no, be it's a while. still an issue. Okay, yeah, it's going to be a while. So that's you know, uh, definitely get online and look at what's going on with the ferry schedule. Sure. Yeah. Uh, let's see. September fifteenth. You know, we have this old bike night up here in Seattle down in Georgetown every month. But did you right. know there's also one in Tacoma every month? Yeah. Now, how old does your bike have to be? My, uh, I used to have a, an old 1970-something uh, Honda CB350, but I don't have that anymore. Is my 10-year-old FZ1 count? <laughs> Is you that an old bike? You can take anything you want. <laughs> you can take anything you want. You just mm-hmm. go down and look at all the eye candy. Mm-hmm. It's not a competition, so you just go down and park wherever you can, and there's going to be old bikes around you. Great. Fun. So, uh, oh, here's one for you. KTM Adventure Rider Rally. Yeah. You better get your armored KTM out for this (laughs) because it's uh, $175 if you want to go one day, and it's $350 if you want to go both days. I looked that up a while back, but I can't remember now. Is that one down in Oregon? This is in Idaho. Oh, in Idaho. Seventeenth okay. annual. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Oh, I do remember looking too. They had limited. I think they had limited space for camping too. Did you see that? Didn't notice that when I was looking. Okay. At it today. Yeah, you might if you're thinking about camping. You might uh, check check into that pretty carefully. Yeah. And then uh, September eighteenth is the ride for kids. And uh, you want to know where the ride for kids is near you, you need to check in with your Honda dealership. Cool. And they will have the details about what's going on. Because, uh, you know, it's it's nationwide when it happens. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's going to be one ride up here in the Pacific Northwest, and I don't know who's putting it on. But they will. There could be actually a few people putting yeah. on mm-hmm. Pacific Northwest rides. Sure. And we talked earlier about the flat track races at Castle Rock. That was the city Uh, I was reaching for. Uh (laughs) So those were the ARMA ones. And now we're going to have the Washington State Flat Track Championship down at Castle Rock on September 24th. Which I guess is a Saturday off the top of my head. (laughs) Anyhow, that's what we know about all that. Let's, uh, you and I went on a little trip, so let's take a little break and we'll talk about it. Support for Soundwriter and the Soundwriter Show is made possible by Adventure Motorsports, Stomish County's largest selection of Yamaha and Suzuki motorcycles, ATVs, quads, and UTVs are available in Monroe at Adventure Motorsports. Celebrating a decade of top-rated sales, service, parts, and accessory support, hit the road and visit Adventure Motorsports today. Hi, my name is Aaron, and, uh, you know, I mostly like riding the roads around Washington, all the logging roads and little two-track dirt stuff, and just to explore and to be able to check out the world that we live in. 
pretty much ride like GS kind of stuff, sidecars and 650s, so it's all a good time. Hi, this is Basilio Bagnato from Back Row Map Books in Coquitlam, BC, and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show. on the Soundwriter Show, and uh, I'm Tom, the publisher. Jennifer, the writer, is here. Hi. And we just got back from a camping trip. Yay! Motorcycle camping at its finest. Indeed. There was six of us on the trip. Uh, funny thing was, there was only three motorcycles. How did that happen? <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, in mo- mo- moto camping and more. <laughs> yeah, it was. In lieu of no rally in the gorge this year, um, I thought it'd be nice just to go down and ride my motorcycle around in the gorge. And I invited a few people, and uh, you and your husband came, and some friends of ours from Canada came, and Connie came, and yeah. Um, let's see. So what I did here was I packed up the element with all our camping gear. Sure. And then, uh, I, well, Connie drove that down and then I rode my motorcycle down. You guys came on your motorcycles. We did. Yeah. It was the first time I got to use my, uh, the Moscow moto bags that I, stole from my husband when he sold his KLR and I got to, instead of just using it to carry, you know, my laptop for commuting to work, I uh, got to actually pack it up with camping gear. So that was fun. (laughs) And how did the Moscow Moto bags work out? Oh yeah, that system is so great. Um, And it's nice because I, prior to that on my KLR, I had some uh, horse back riding bags that I got when we first started riding off road and weren't really sure if we were going to take a liking to it. So I got these like clearance uh, horse riding bags that somebody on a KLR form recommended for like, like 14 like saddle bags. Huh? Yeah, sa- they were saddle bags, but they, they were a little bit, they, um, the weight was carried a little bit higher in these Moscow moto bags. Uh, you gets the weight nice and low and um, boy, you can pack a lot of stuff in there. <laughs> so uh, those were awesome. And it's nice to have the soft cases and uh, you know, not worry about banging. How many liters are your Moscow moto bags? Do you know? Great question. I have no idea. I packed, uh, I don't know. I don't know. They seem pretty big. <laughs> I guess yeah. like, uh, you know, about the size of, uh, you know, a, like a small like bathroom trash can. Like I, you know, you could maybe fit one of those <laughs> the in there. Like that's like the small best. bathroom trash can. <laughs> like that's like the kind of reference point of the volume I can kind of picture. I suppose you could fit like maybe four gallon jugs of water in there. Oh, okay. So they're probably, so there about, they're probably about 40 liters each. There you go. That sounds good. That's, that's that, a good estimate. That's all you need. Whatever yeah. you can't yeah, fit great. in, you just dump it over on your husband's bike. Let him exactly. figure it out. Right, right. Yeah, he tested out a new system too on his T seven hundred, also Moscow Moto bags. He's got the the um, rackless system that uh, he was using for the first time. So I uh, can't say enough about the local companies that uh, are making awesome gear. Yeah, 
And then our our Canadian friends didn't bring a bike. They've they've ridden a number of uh, road trip tours and Sasquatch tours with us, and they showed up with a Jeep. Yeah, and they I I even got to drive it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it's great. <laughs> so so I was in search of the best road in the gorge. Yeah, because you got to do some riding. I got so to do some riding. So what did you find? I have to say, in all the years of doing the rally in the gorge, the pre-riding was my favorite part. Absolutely. Yeah, so, so many great roads down there. <laughs> well, I I came to the conclusion, and this could change from year to year. You never know. Sure. But uh, Canyon Road and Fisher Hill Road over in Klickitat. We, wrote that, we, we ran that article last fall about the Klickitat turkey hunter. Yes. So I went yep. and rode the Klickitat turkey hunter, and I think that was the highlight for me. Awesome. Yeah, that it's so pretty over there. Well, both sides, but <laughs> I went around Mount Hood, and that was there was a bit of a debacle on that. They have uh, you have to have a permit now to go between Multnomah yeah. Falls and Vista House. Yep. Yeah. You have to apply ahead of time. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we ran into that issue on the way down um, on 84 because you can't exit anywhere, um, I don't think, or at least it, the signage made it seem like you couldn't exit anywhere unless you had a permit. So yeah, because even if you want to go mm-hmm. into that parking area off of yep. of 84, you have to have yep. a permit to go in. Yeah, so be warned if you, you know, I, the first exit I think that we were able to take was uh, Cascade Locks and we ended up at the Bonneville Fish Hatchery, which is a lovely spot for a break because they have picnic tables and shade. So in a gift shop and restrooms. So, yeah. you know, that was a, a unexpected cool discovery. But uh, boy, we were overdue for a break. I'll tell you that and, and weren't expecting to run into that problem. Yeah. You could go to Vista House from the other side, which mm-hmm. is what I ended up doing, is I ended up going into uh, Corbett and going up the little twisties up the hill sure. to Old Highway 30. And yep. then I rode up to Larch Mountain. Oh, okay. And there's a couple of miles of road in there that they're not taking care of in there. Uh-oh. It's a potholes. It's like, it's like Swiss cheese in there. <laughs> Uh-oh. So, but I did get a chance to look at the um, the viewpoint in, okay, which has been under a remodel for about mm, almost ten years now. They had a fire there right after they shot the movie up there, the Twilight series. Okay, they had a fire and. they never really fixed it. And then over time, we've seen them uh, replace some of the timbers in the roof and that sort of thing. Well, this time when I went by, they had basically taken the thing up off its foundations and put down a whole new concrete foundation. And you oh, could wow. see all the rot in the woods oh. that, were down, that was down at the base of the foundation. Oh, wow. So well, that, that sounds like a really good and important upgrade. Yeah, I'm looking forward to when they finally get it open again. I, I, I had my best meal ever in the gorge here one afternoon. Ah. I had a lunch that was just delicious. Do they have an, uh, when a timeline for when they think they're going to open up? There was nobody to ask. Oh. I mean, it was, all I saw was construction workers. So oh, okay, okay. Don't huh. know. So what was the magical lunch that you had there? Uh, I don't remember what I ate, but I oh. know I had the cheesecake. <laughs> you know, it was great. The cheesecake was awesome. 
Oh, there you go. <laughs> it was. Some, yeah. I think it was some kind of a barbecue sandwich or something. Oh, sure, sure. They had All a right. really good chef in there. Yeah. Huh. Um. Now, where did you guys go ride? We rode up Fir Mountain a little ways, and and uh, you know we didn't go too terribly far on the gravel because. Um, hang on, my shoot. Come back. Okay, we didn't go too far up on the gravel because uh, my husband had noticed that there were uh, signs for a CB radio channel, and we were. Um, you know, he was pretty sure that at some point we were likely to run into logging trucks and, and, uh, you know, coming around a curve, you don't want to really run into anything too large and unexpected and, uh, get in the way of the logging trucks. So we ended up, uh, we, we rode a little bit on Larch Mountain. Um, we, we went around, uh, Hood Mountain one day, but that was in the Jeep. <laughs> um, and then, uh, the other ride that we did is, uh, up the cloud cap, which is, a uh, um, you know, nice curvy pavement roads. And then you've got about nine miles of, uh, gravel and some sand and rocks and things to get up to the old, uh, cloud cap. We did have and, good weather and I bet mm-hmm. you had a beautiful view off cloud cap that day. Yeah, it was a little hazy, um, but yeah, it was nice. Uh, we did get a, some some nice photos, and um, it was pretty toasty, warm up there. <laughs> mm. But uh, yeah, no, it was a, a pleasant uh, pleasant trip up there, and the the roads are a lot of fun. Uh, the the paved curved roads are great, getting in and out of there. And uh, we did run into a little bit, kind of a you know a sand pit that was deeper and more varied and challenging than than we had expected but that was only you know there was one maybe i don't know 15 foot section of really loose soft sand and otherwise um it was mostly just gravel and and uh some large rocks and things and so you got Um, a chance to test those moscow moto bags in the sand right yeah yeah well yeah (laughs) you know um we noticed on the way up that we got through the sand pit on the, you know, the one side going up to cloud cap. And I, you know, peripherally had a sense that the other lane was in much worse shape. Mm. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so we encountered, we had to deal with that uh, coming down and, and didn't navigate our way through that super gracefully. So, um, yeah, I, I got a little sandy and dusty and so did my husband. <laughs> so, <laughs> I a couple think we dirt sandwiches like, yeah. for lunch. <laughs> right. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I think we, like, I'm trying to think, you know, like if I would have, if I would have maybe stopped and walked through that to kind of assess that other side a little bit more than than I had done just peripherally that um and, and you know maybe the the uh, better choice would have been to take that other lane that we knew we could get through yeah that's <laughs> <So>. the one. <laughs> um, but we just barreled through and <laughs> and uh, ate some dirt <laughs> so when you went around Mount Hood did you try to go back on the Barlow Road I don't know because I, I was, tried to go yeah. on the Barlow Road huh. to the west of Mount Hood, and there was a sign that said it was closed. And I think there's a there's a bridge up there that the mm-hmm. Zigzag River goes under, and it that Zigzag River is constantly tearing that bridge oh, up. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to which roads we were on. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, you know, with four of us in the Jeep and, you know, visiting and and kind of, you know, 
making the path a little bit as we went. And, you know, we had a paper atlas and a, a phone with some uh, topographic map on it and, and then another, uh, the, just the standard GPS. Oh, that's um, right. So you guys, yeah. yeah, you went down Lolo Pass down uh, oh, that's Forest right. Service 18. Yes. So you wouldn't yes. have gone to the Barlow Road. You okay. might have seen the sign that it was closed, Maybe. but you wouldn't have Maybe. gone to it. Yeah, so we were we were kind of navigating with multiple sources, and um, yeah, but you're right, we did end up doing the Lolo Pass Road. <laughs> but the advantage so. to having the two cars down there was yep. that uh, we decided on the on the really hot day that for the afternoon we were not going to ride; we were going to all pop into the cars and go for a progressive luncheon, and that was pretty fun. That was great because there are so many great restaurants down there, and and you know to fit them all in on on one trip is almost impossible. Yeah, <laughs> I think so, we did a pretty good job. <laughs> so we I know we went over to uh, Solstice Woodfire, yep. the pizza place, and we had uh, yeah I guess we wound up getting two pizzas and some sides, right? And then we got in the car and went up to the White House, right? And got some food off the truck up there. And then we went over to Phelps and had some uh, charcuterie plates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, it seems like every time I get down to the gorge, there's never enough time to fit everything in. No, <laughs> so, there isn't. You, you know. <laughs> That's why I said, you know, well, at least this year, I think my favorite road is Canyon Road. But I didn't sure. get to ride everything I wanted to. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, it's a, such a great area to visit, and I think even as we're rolling into fall, you know, if if you haven't been down to the gorge in a while, uh, you know, head on down there because uh, there's there's just so many great roads, both pavement and dirt, and tons of great restaurants and museums, and so much to do down there. You can't do it all in one trip. You sure can't. So, so get on down there. All right, let's uh, let's take a little break. When we come back, we've got some tips and tricks. Support for the Soundwriter Show is provided in part by Cycle Barn of Smoky Point, your destination location for all things Honda, Yamaha, Kawasaki, and KTM. Featuring a large showroom and fully staffed service area, the Smoky Point Cycle Barn is the place to come and compare all the latest models, have your bike serviced, and shop for aftermarket apparel and parts. Visit them online at CycleBarn.com. This is Lisa, and I'm from Linwood, Washington. And one of my favorite rides in the Pacific Northwest is heading up over Washington Pass and down into Winthrop. Hey guys, this is Dad Louie from Pacific Riding School from Surrey, British Columbia, and you're listening to the Sound Rider Show. show we've got tom Marin and jennifer Poole, and we're going to go through some tips and tricks yeah you want me to start yeah so uh my tips are all related to straws and tubes <laughs> okay so you're <laughs> and, gonna start oh sure i could start you want to start i i could i didn't hear exactly what you were well, saying i figured since you brought us in maybe oh I'd... sure okay go for it all right uh the tip is what's under your cover you know, we were talking in the first part of the show about how important it is to cover your bike. 
and uh, keep the eye candy away from would-be thieves. So I had my bike covered, and I kind of had this inclination that maybe there was something under the cover. Something alive? Alive. Uh-oh. And I was right. Uh-oh. There was a raccoon taking oh, his no. daytime napping on the seat of my motorcycle under the cover. Uh-oh, that's a good endorsement for the comfort of your seat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's a raccoon on my richest custom seat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I got a, a long extension pole and gave him a couple of pokes. I made sure I had the garage door open. Oh, boy. And uh, he squawked, and I poked him again, and he squawked, and I poked him again, and he popped out and looked at me, gave me a really nasty look, and then turned around and hobbled away. But, you know, you got to be careful with raccoons. eh? Oh, yes. Uh, They got all kinds of viruses and bacterias and stuff, and and they're nasty. They can can turn on you. That's why I had the garage door open, and I was on the other side, so – he knew where the right place was to go. Unfortunately, he took it. So, Yeah, so did, he didn't scratch up your seat with his claws or anything like that? No, but, you know, they're dirty little buggers, and sure. uh, he left a, a worm on there oh. for me. Oh, gross. <laughs> so oh, I, I – uh, and, you know, because they do carry uh, – I don't know what they call it, the hentavirus or something um, – because they carry it, I had to sanitize the whole seat. Yep. yep. And basically, I sanitized the whole bike. Sure, I'd be sanitizing the whole garage. <laughs> Got my rubber gloves on yep. and the whole shot. Oh, oh man. So, uh, so, you know, a lot of motorcycle covers have a little um, hook at the bottom. Yes. And you yep. can... Now I will always use that <laughs> hook and seal up the bottom of the motorcycle cover because oh, I never sure. want it to happen again. Yeah, yeah, because he knows. He knows how comfortable that seat is. He could be back any time. Well, it's a pretty big seat pan. Not yep. that I have a big butt, but Rich knows how to make a nice seat for me, and one that I can slide around on. Yep. So that's why he puts a little bit bigger pan in there. Sure. Raccoon approved. <laughs> so what do you got? I got uh, uses for straws and tubes in your motorcycle travel. And uh, so I'm going to start with the straws. And I, I found this tip in uh, the KOA. Uh, KOA Camping had an article on uh, 19 uh, camping hacks. And I thought this one might be pretty good for moto travel. Um, they suggested taking a straw um, and uh, cutting it into segments, melting one end, adding your spices for cooking because you only need a single serving of spices and then seal up and, you know, melt the other end sealed. Um, And then when you're out moto camping, you just have just enough spice for the meal that you need and you don't have to carry a whole big spice container. Um, Or not, you know, I was thinking about there's a, it's kind of harder and harder to come by the plastic straws, but you could do the same thing with a paper straw and just tape it up or. Well, yeah, uh, with a paper straw, you could just roll a little bit and tape Mm -hmm. it up. That would be easy. Yeah. And you wouldn't be making anything more than compost. Right. So then, so yeah, then get some, some good spices on, on your travels without taking up too much room. One of the other things I do with spices, honestly, if I have uh, dry goods or uh, freeze dried stuff is I'll add the spices ahead of time. Yeah. Um, 
Yep, which works. Or as do well, your too. spice blend at home, and then just yep. bring that blend with mm-hmm. you. Sure. Well, and then tip. the other, the other straw slash tube related tip is uh, this one comes from my husband, and it was a uh, um, you know necessity the, is the mother of invention kind of scenario. He was looking for a way to um, transport skewers for grilling and uh, didn't want them to, you know, stab through any of the, the other gear, especially with soft luggage. And so what he ended up doing was taking a um, a tube from a, a, a bladder, a water bladder, um, that that we no longer use because it had leaks in it. But he took that tube and he cut it to length for the skewer so that it covered um, the whole length of the skewer and then a little bit more so that the pokey ends didn't uh, stick out. I'm uh, stealing so the have... idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm the stealing po- it for? What's that? Uh, when you have, you know, I carry a uh, a 10-piece broken key removal tool. Oh, sure. So I'm going to cut one of my yep. tubes short and stuff it all in there and tape yeah. it Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, those are the, the tips I had for that. And, and um, yeah, the nice thing about that is, uh, or, well, the you know, the downside to that is uh, right now there's fire bans everywhere and we couldn't grill <laughs> or have a fire. But um, if you're in the fall or if you're going somewhere where you can uh, take skewers with you and, and have an outdoor barbecue, then... Uh, well, did you, you notice that my... That my um... Barbecue had a uh, grilling area on it. I didn't notice that. Yeah. yeah. We didn't use it, but it does. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. All right. That's good tips. <laughs> I like them. Um, we are done with the September show. And uh, I don't know what mess we're going to get into this month, uh, but we'll tell you all about it when we come back in October. See you then. Bye. The Sound Writer Show was made possible by today's sponsors and the patience of everyone else involved, which is not to say we're doctors. Reproduction of this program in part or in whole is not legal without the express written consent of the podcast owner. But please be sure to share the link with all your Facebook friends. This program is a production of Mixed Media. The content and views of today's guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any major media conglomerate anywhere else in the world, including CBS, NBC, ABC, MotoGP, the BBC, PBS, NPR, the Discovery Network, or the Cartoon Channel. See you next time on The Sound Rider Show.